Hey, it's Alan here. And Bree. And, and we, we are, are the, the hunter, hunter and, and the, the hippie. hippie. Connected through yoga and bonded by our love of the wild places and the love for outdoors, we've come together to share our conversations about life. Well, maybe more so what we've learned or are continuing to learn about life. And there's no one way to do it. Life, that is. And hopefully provide you with some teeny tiny bits of inspiration to connect deeper with yourself, others, and our great Mother Earth. All right, all right, enough already about the podcast. Let's just get to the podcast. Hey, Bree. Hey. How's it going? Good. Um, tell me all about this workshop you were just at. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, so, so overall, I can't, right, I can't talk bad about the entire thing. Like, overall, I'm pleased. So um, what, what Bree is referencing is I was at the uh, Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within. And, um, yeah, so overall, I'm really pleased with it really pleased with the outcome and uh, it's actually gotten me to take action in life and uh, do the things that I've been talking about and wanting to do and it's helped me overcome a lot um, but what I was briefly mentioning to Bree before we started recording was um, that uh, he's he I, I don't know if Tony Robbins is still uh, plant-based or if he's still a vegetarian or vegan but the uh, the guy Joseph McClendon the third, the guy that's like one of his main speakers, definitely is. And uh, in the last day, it was a four day seminar. In the last day of the seminar, he uh, was talking about um, eating meat and and eating plants, and um, they actually played clips from uh, the propaganda. Yes, I am saying it. It is fucking propaganda um, uh, from the movie Forks Over Knives and I think it's called Cowspiracy or something like that. And it's these Netflix documentaries uh, about uh, how terrible the, uh, the uh, meat industry is, how the, the methane gas from cows farting uh, is destroying the, the environment and and climate change and how terrible the animals are treated and um it talks about like the chickens and how terrible the chickens are treated and um yeah so it, it, it's just pure propaganda because it's it's one instance of right if you don't know anything about these um right it's it's literally one instance or, or a few instances of of a very small examples of a very complex issue. Uh, I'm not saying that the, the, the cow and meat industry doesn't impact the, the climate or the environment, but what doesn't. And, and we've talked about this in another episode, um, but right. Like so does farming and farming also kills tons of animals when the combines come running through and the animals are in the cornfields. Well, monocropping uh, is like the biggest issue with soil degradation and essentially like right. you're destroying land by monocropping. So Bill Gates and his desire to um, have everyone stop eating meat and only eat fake meat. He's the biggest owner of farmland. I said this before, 
but why does he own all that farmland for fake meat? He's going to mm-hmm. be monocropping. So just do your research. Right. <laughs> and so um, one of one of the things that they put up, um, Brie, if you'll make me the host um, for our folks on video, what I'll do is I'll, I'll pull up this photo if I can get to it uh, somewhat quickly uh, without diverting too much attention to it and away from today's episode. I, it sort of relates to, to today's episode, but not, not fully. Um, but what, uh, what they put up this slide and the slide really fucking pissed me off because um, you'll see, you'll see. And I, I'll have to describe it for our audio listeners. But um, in this last day, right, they talk a lot about health and nutrition. Um, and, and that's great. I love that they're talking about health and nutrition. Um, my issue is, is that they, they issue this, um, this like blanket statement of health and nutrition, right, is, is this and isn't this type of thing. Um, and they want you to do this 10-day challenge. And, and in this photo, um, there's this 10-day challenge uh, and it's pretty much like to uh, eat. Let's see if I can get it. Uh, it's pretty much to eat like a like a vegan, like a vegetarian. Um, and the goal is to uh, eat things that are, are right. That they say to eat things that are living, meaning like plants, right? Meaning things that like you can eat that or is once alive very shortly after you ate it. Is that right? It was once alive uh, right before you ate it, right? So like plants were most likely the most l- close living thing to, but how, who knows how true that is? Who knows how true the plants are that are, are sitting in the grocery stores, just rotting. Um, and so, sorry, I need to, all right, pull that up. So they, yeah, so they issued this 10 day challenge to 30,000 people, right? So there's 30,000 people at this event. It's a virtual event and, uh, they issued this 10 day challenge, uh, to essentially eat like a vegetarian, right? Not eat meat or cut meat out, um, cut out processed fats, cut out dairy products. And then, um, they talked a lot about acidity. I'm, I'm not going to get into that acidity and alkalinity in the body. Um, but the slide that they put up really pissed me off because on the slide, uh, it reads here. I'm going to show my screen. So, uh, for those that are viewing this via YouTube, um, you can uh, see the, the, the slide that they put up and the slide that they put up are the four poisons and, um, right. Whether, whether any of these are true or not, right? They're they're saying right these are four poisons, and uh, the the list is or it's four things, and it's processed fats is number one, number two, is animal flesh, right? Not animal meat, not meat products, right? So their their word choice is very um, uh, particular, right? And I feel like they're they're trying to like grasp at something there. Uh, number three is dairy products. Number four is acid addictions. And, and one thing I have to say too is like, what is the flat? Like that's my, what I'm curious is like the flesh component versus like, there are again, plenty of like whole foods, healthy meats. Like, yeah, don't, 
maybe why not say like don't eat feedlot cows or like you know like right. why is it just this blanket statement of animal mm-hmm. flesh i mean and this yeah. obviously relates as we're going to talk about hunting but not in relation to food per se but sorry <laughs> yeah no i Bri, just... i mean you're you're preaching to the choir here like i i'm i'm with you it it's really it it really sucked because i i really enjoyed um the event uh up until that point and um and yeah like your your diet is is your choice like that's the thing that i hope we got across um in our first in our first episode about like diet and food and lifestyle with, with your food um Right, so we're not here to say like like you need to eat a certain way, or or we're not here to say, right, like, you know, oh, if you eat a certain way, you're a bad person or whatever, or you're eating poison, if you're eating meat. Um, but what we're here to do is one, right, we're always coming from our point of view. No matter what we talk about, it's how it's the things that have impacted me in my life, the things that have impacted Brie in her life, um, and our views on that, and um, to to say without like, like for, for someone like Tony Robbins, who has Oprah and U S presidents and all these people that he impacts. And then to just come out and blatantly just put out this, this again, propaganda and, you know, saying, uh, that, you know, eating meat is, is this awful, it's a poison. You're, and it's not meat, it's animal flesh. You're eating animal flesh and you're, you're putting this, this poison into your body. He's, it's Uh, like, they're trying to human. I think that's like trying to humanize it to play mm -hmm. the card of, of like making it feel that, that it gives a feeling. It's like, you don't say Mm -hmm. plant flesh, but plants do have flesh. Right. Like, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the meat of a coconut, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So uh, it sucks because that was like the last thing of the the workshop um, outside of they brought on this guy, Master Stephen Coe, who's uh, this like meditation guy. And I was really excited about that. And, and uh, I went into it annoyed. And that's my problem, right? That's not theirs right like that's how i responded to um what was was being delivered to me um and i i got through it and um, but i feel like i could have enjoyed uh the last part that i really was looking forward to more um just based on that that little series so yeah so yeah that's all i have to say about that (laughs) so yeah so Anyway. What was, did they have a re, like, was there a reason behind the no animal flesh? Like what, what was their, what was the reasoning? Like, why are they asking people to do that? How does it enhance your life? Um, it, it, it how terrible it is for the environment. I, again, I tuned out also for a lot of it. Mm. Um, I actually, I actually went and probably made myself a steak, I think, cause it was like right during <laughs> dinner time. And I think I was actually eating a steak watching it. Um, but that's where you got to tune in. Cause you have to start thinking about like, what is, yeah. what it like, what is it that, that, and not to change people's minds, but just to like understand <laughs> like what, where is this coming from? Why is this being pushed? Um, the big, the big thing that I do recall is the, uh, is how they, 
absolutely went after the the environment and um the the animal cruelty side of things Mm. um so they showed like the images of like the chickens on top of each other Mm -hmm. and like you know just like all all on top of each other and like no room to live no room and how the the cows the the babies get ripped from their their moms and uh and they they use the great line the uh the old uh we're the only ones who drink milk Mm. um right we're the only ones who drink a cow's milk right cows don't even drink cow's milk uh so they they use that line. Uh, it was really again. It was just it was centered around um, those those very few things and not talking about hey the the full um, mineral and vitamin complex of red meat and the impact that it can actually have on your body. And um, mm-hmm. right, if you don't eat meat, the you know the chances of anemia and you know because you're not getting your iron right. Like so again, it was just it was very one sided. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, I, again, I, I was tuning in and out. I did catch the part about, and you're right, I should be paying attention. Um, but I did catch the part where it was really focused on the environment and save the environment and climate change and um, cows farting, and um, which is hilarious, right? Like cows farting. And what about what about landfills that are <laughs> admitting methane into the, right? Which is yeah. way more destructive. Well, and, and also just... Um, that is there's so much more to climate change than carbon footprint but that's all we talk about and there's Mm -hmm. some things that are far more significant um than that but how that became the the focus and the buzz of everyone's aims is yeah i don't know maybe it's easy because you can make a specific enemy and still make money because god forbid we we minimize consumerism, which <laughs> is in all those landfills, because then yep. people aren't making money. Big right. corporations, the elite no longer make that money because mm-hmm. all of us are no longer buying things. But no, but we can we can uh, say that you shouldn't eat that meat, you know? It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another Another topic for another day. Um, you know, I think it dives more into the, the diet and yeah, it was, it was frustrating mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, yeah, he's not, he's not a nutritionist and there, there were, there wasn't any nutritionist on there. Mm-hmm. It was just them right speaking, you know, maybe from their experience, but they had the attention of 30,000 people and, and you know, people were in like the chat of like the Zoom room, like, this is so sad. Mm-hmm. And like they're just playing with the emotions, right? It's uh it's the ethos, pathos, and logos of of persuasion. And mm-hmm. if you don't know what that are, is ethos is like your um your your ethics, the logics, right? No, well that's logos. Um uh ethos is I why can't I think of it? Uh pathos is your emotion. Mm-hmm right like the path think of the path in Pathological. latin yeah yep and then uh, logos is logic so like using logic uh mm-hmm. to uh, use to create rhetoric and then um ethos, ethos, ethos ethics. is ethics yeah yeah eth- is the ethics right <clears throat> that's exactly right um right so they they really tapped into the two things right they didn't tap into the logos right they try to make you they use the pathos and the ethos of it 
to make it seem logical. But the logical is, is giving you all of the argument and allowing mm-hmm. people to decide and think for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case. They, they tap into your emotions. They make you sad. It's just like the Sarah McLaughlin commercials of puppies on the screen, right? Like anytime you see one, you want to adopt all the puppies. And right, like I'm there too. I hate those freaking commercials. Uh, but right, that's they're 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 tugging on your heartstring. For just one dollar a day, you can mm-hmm. feed thirty-two dogs. Right, and they show the the worst looking dogs with their ribs showing, and and that's exactly what they did. Well, it and was, it's this. I mean, when I think about conservation, animal conservation, mm-hmm. that is what i mean i read this book conscious conservation and it was really fascinating because it includes humans in the ecosystem because Mm -hmm. we're part of the ecosystem but what happens is the people who are fighting for elephants lives in africa are not considering the humans in the ecosystem right Mm -hmm. so some of them aren't they're we'll get into that but some of them aren't yeah you're right most of i mean that's what they're gonna do though they're gonna like Mm -hmm. they are like I say that what a privilege that you can be in a position to save the mm-hmm. elephants. But when right. someone's crops are being trampled on and that's their entire mm-hmm. year's food and pay at the market, mm-hmm. you think they, they yeah. want to save that elephant? No, they're yeah. trying to save their human lives at that point. Right. People don't know how destructive elephants are. And I was on a safari in Africa and, and elephants, they, elephants go through the wall. Mm-mm. right they don't go around they they're they're massive creatures and if there's something in their way they go through it mm-hmm. and and they they eat constantly so it's not just trampling the farms it's eating the farms right they they go through they knock shit over they beat shit up they eat everything they're always eating when you mm-hmm. whenever you come up on elephants on a safari they're fucking eating they might be moving at the same time but they're also eating mm-hmm Right. And so, um, guess what they're eating? Exactly what, what you just said was there, you know, these crops of, uh, the natives. Mm-hmm. One, just to like wrap that little part up. One thing that yep. was really cool is they talked about how to include the humans in the ecosystem mm-hmm. and they discovered, and this is just for everyone to think like, how can I think outside the box versus look at one part of the problem, right? Like let's take mm-hmm. it holistically and they ended up, uh, elephants are very sensitive to bees. Mm. And so they set up with, at the river crossing, they set up these poles with strings in between. And on each pole, there was a beehive. So mm. now the elephants would hit those strings, activate, irritate the beehives. Mm. The bees would come out and sting them and they would turn around. So what's cool about that? Now they don't have the problem with the elephants, but now the locals can harvest that honey and now use that honey to make more money at the marketplace. Interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's like what was so neat about, like, I actually thought it was more about like general conservation versus animal conservation. And I almost like didn't finish it because... I mean, not because I don't care about animals, (laughs) but it just like, you know, it was very animal centric. Yeah. And I really wanted something that was like more all encompassing, but there were so many valuable like tidbits like that of like, you can apply it to anything, right? Like how, Mm -hmm. like we need to get out of just our one cause or our one thing or see how it's the roots, right? Like how it's all interacting together and address that because 
this is actually Thomas Sowell says, there are no solutions, there's only trade-offs. And that is mm. like resonates so much for me because, yeah. and a lot of times we don't know the trade-offs until it's too late. So we do something thinking it's solving a problem, but it only creates another problem. We've talked about that, but. You said that on your, yeah, your dad, we, we're solving the problems of our parents mm-hmm. that our parents created. Yeah, so. We talked about a lot right there and, and I already wrote some notes cause there's things I want to go back to, but we haven't even breathed yet. Babe. I know we'll make it short. <laughs> now that we're riled <laughs> don't up. Make it, no, don't rob me of breathing. Do not uh. rob our listeners of, of their breath. Do not make it short. Let's, let's go through our breath. Let's, uh, let's well, do it. Do, are we feeling a little fiery now? Should we do some Shatali breathing? <laughs> let's, let's do it. Okay. We'll cool yes. off. We'll cool off before we go into the next yeah, part. That, that would be great. All right. So closing your eyes or finding a soft gaze. And then bringing your awareness into your breath and just how it's naturally flowing. Notice the quality of your breath, the temperature of the air, the depth, the cadence. Notice how your breath feels in your body. So noticing the sensations that might exist right now in your body. Maybe there's something we said that caused a flurry of sensations inside that triggered something physiologically. And so just notice what those sensations are just as sensations. So letting go of the labels and just feeling. And we'll move into a controlled breathing. So taking a natural inhale as you exhale, gently purse your lips as if you're exhaling through a straw. Natural inhale, and then slowing down through these pursed lips. As you take these slow, gentle exhales, bring some awareness back into your body. And just notice if anything changes. Using your exhale to release any tension or holding to soften any intense sensations. And 
returning to your natural breath. When you feel ready, slowly fluttering your eyes open. Thank you so much, Brie. Yeah, thank you. So today's episode <laughs> is not about our diet and our food, but it is about conservation mm-hmm. and hunting. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you picked that breath. Isn't it amazing that one of the thoughts I had during that was um, the the different types of way we can breathe, mm-hmm. right? Like no one talks about that. I mean, no one really talks about breath, period, right? Unless you're in like a yoga or meditation class, but like the way we can breathe actually changes things. And mm-hmm. and you offer us many options. And as our episode's going to continue, I'm sure we'll tap into many more, right? So um, Brie mentioned, right, like, like we needed to cool down, right? We're heated. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be times where we need... A little more you know, fire. Engaging. And yeah, right, yeah. We go to Kapalabhati, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, or, or other styles of breathing that really get you going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was just a random thought yeah. that, that I had. It's super cool, just the balance. I mean, there's, there's fire and there's cooling, and mm-hmm. the balance of that is always what keeps us healthiest. And so we swing between the two, and that's natural and that's okay. And it's just being aware where you are, what you need, mm-hmm. and utilizing that the energy of the opposite to bring you back into balance. Right. Yeah. Meaning that that comes into conservation too, right? Like <laughs> a balancing, right? It's a balancing yeah. act. Um, and if you want to share what, why this topic why we're doing came this. this week, I think a lot of times we have reasons that we dive yes. into something at a specific time and yeah, for sure. So, um, 100% and I'm actually gonna uh, pull up another screen share so I'm happy you made me the host uh, for those on on uh, YouTube but uh, right this is something that you and I talked about Brie right we we talked about um, talking about conservation right in, in, in the name itself right it it has to be addressed uh, in in the hunter and the hippie and and um, so what what really started this conversation was actually a uh, Instagram post from uh, an amazing person, right? Like an amazing um, angel investor, an amazing author. I call it, I call him a personal guinea pig, right? Because he he tests things on himself um, that a lot of people wouldn't be brave enough. Granted, he has a lot of money too, right? But uh, a lot of people wouldn't be brave enough to do. Um, he has his own podcast. Uh, his name's Tim Ferriss. He's written a ton of books. Uh, you might know the Four Hour Work Week or the Four Hour Body, a Tribe of Mentors, um, all sorts of things. Uh, just incredible, uh, incredible guy. I think uber talented. I think he was a big reason why South by Southwest started in Austin, or and he was a big contributor at least of South by Southwest uh, in in Austin. Uh, if that ever happens again, after tw- I know 2020 was canceled. Uh, so he, he posted something he has. And, and the reason I'm giving you a little bit of his backstory is because it's important. Um, uh, he has a, a really big following. 
he's really well known. Um, let me see if I can get on on Instagram. He has he has 1.1 million followers on on Instagram, which doesn't seem like a whole lot, uh, but it is. Uh, and I can't even tell you on YouTube. And I know his books have been bestsellers, and uh, so yeah, so just all sorts of of great uh, impact that he has out there. And influence. Influence. Yes. Influence. One hundred percent. And so we'll go we'll get to what started this. So um for the first year in a really long time in the state of Wisconsin, uh hunters have been allowed to hunt wolves. Uh the Canadian gray wolf. And uh we'll get into all that, but let me share my screen. He made a post uh, where is it? There it is. So he made a post uh, with a New York Times article from someone who wrote an article. Uh, I, I made a post on Instagram about it. I said he, but the art, the author is a she. I'm not going to specifically call out the author. Uh, but uh, the the New York Times article, the title is Wisconsin Hunters Kill Over 200 Wolves in Less Than Three Days. And... Uh, it says the gray wolf lost endangered species act protections last year, prompting a recent hunt that killed at least 216 wolves far exceeding a quota set by wildlife officials. Let me read that again. Cause we're going to break that down far exceeding a quota set by state wildlife officials. That's really important. Um, and, and in this, right, he doesn't post the whole article. That's all he posts. He posts a picture of some beautiful wolves just laying all snuggly and cuddly and, right, not tearing animal flesh apart, right, from uh, another creature, right, because they're apex predators. Uh, and he says, this is deeply disturbing. And I say that as a regular hunter. I respect responsible hunting, including population management, but I strongly oppose mismanagement that results in overkill, particularly if dogs, not wolves, if dogs are going to be used. Oh, sorry. So this is a, a method of hunting, particularly if dogs are going to be used. Each state needs immediate reporting of kills so that lags don't contribute to problems like this. And then he says, continue to please share and perpetuate these lies that the New York Times wrote um, well, or misinformation. I won't say lies. It's just misinformation. It's it's not all of the facts. Well, here's one part is I didn't I think you have to have a subscription for the New York Times to read it. I did not read the article. But when I read the comments on it, people did call out and say, read the article. They did say that there were 200 permits that were released like so like i read the article he, like the that he wasn't even that's the other thing is like he took a headline that's mm -hmm. a big problem is we a lot of people don't even read articles they just read headlines and they get their mm -hmm. information from headlines and so Sound that bites. is an unfortunate part is that he posts this thing with a headline versus even the entire article, whether that yep. went one way or another, but the article did have some legitimate facts in it. Sort of. It still left facts out. Mm -hmm. And, and, and what I, the issue that I have and the issue that I still have is that 
This article was written by, um, most likely, I don't know this person, so I'm making assumptions, and I know, right, we all know assumptions make an ass out of you and me, but I'm making assumptions, and I think these assumptions are safe, because this author was a, was a writer for the Boston Globe, is now a writer for the New York Times. I can tell you what isn't in New York and in Boston are wolves, and and there's not also a lot of hunting, right? There's a lot of, there's some deer hunting, but if you're living in Boston, you're probably not hunting. If you're living in New York City, you're not hunting, right? You're writing for these major papers. Um, the, there, there were there were very specific facts that were omitted from this article. I read the full article, and and while yes, they they issued they talked about like the the quota again the quota. That's the key word here is that it's a quota. So. Um, and then they also talk about the Endangered Species Act. We're going to get into that too, because that's a, a funny one um, about endangered species. Um, but they say quota, and a quota is so the 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 parks and wildlife, or the in Wisconsin, it's a DNR Department of Natural Resources. Uh, what they do is they they analyze. They they have biologists. My neighbor is is one of the head biologists for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And, and they're always analyzing the, the animals out there, the populations. Um, they, they will not issue hunt, hunting permits for animals that, that aren't thriving or that they don't even have data on. So hunting moose in Colorado um, is just an example. It's, it's really hard to get tags because they're really hard to uh, manage the population in the sense that they can't get data. It's not that they don't have data or that like moose are just are, are endangered or any of that. It's that they can't get the data. And so therefore they don't issue many hunting permits for moose. So with knowing that, right, knowing that these state run organizations are, are doing their research, they have scientists, they have biologists out there um, before they say, Hey, here, you can go kill over 200 wolves in three days. Um, right? Like there's, there's a lot that goes into that and, and decisions are made. And yes, they do take into consideration the, the way to hunt, right? So, um, again, more, more examples are right. Like if you're hunting archery in Colorado for elk, uh, there's tons of tags, tons, because the chance of you getting an elk with a bow and arrow is like so slim. Um, and, and it's a great way to raise money for conservation efforts. Yes. We're going to get into that too. Um, right. Hunters pay a huge portion of conservation efforts, especially when it comes to more reintroducing 50%, more than, more yeah. than half. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when, especially when it comes to something like reintroducing the Canadian gray wolf into the Colorado ecosystem, which we're also going to talk about. Um, but, uh, you have this this department who is responsible and in this article they use the word quotas and quotas is this is this number that they say all right we want this many of this animal hunted um and when you think about hunting uh there's some there's some key things that come into play too uh, and we'll talk about this when I get into start talking about Africa and Cecil the lion um, and naming things that get hunted. Uh, if everyone remembers Cecil the lion years back uh, when that dentist from like Wisconsin or Minnesota hunted and killed the lion in Africa. Uh, but there's things that go into play in that and things like age, age of, of male lions or elk and 
um, because they become a detriment to the herd and um, they become angry. And now they, they, they become angry because they're old and grumpy and uh, then and they can no longer reproduce. And so they start killing off the herd. And so the idea is to go out there and hunt those. Um, but there's quotas set. And this, this idea that there's 200, there's like 200 and something for the quota. Um, and it says far exceeding the quota. It's really funny. The actual quota, I have, I have true numbers here. Bear with me. Um, the quota for the wolves in Wisconsin was... Sorry, bear with me. Well, the article said 200 was, and then also said far exceeded by two, two, six. It was 16 over. Yeah. 16 right. extra wolves were hunted. That's far right. exceeding. Right. So, yeah. So, the, so it was 200 on non-native land. Mm-hmm. There was an additional quota that was uh, oh, allocated. I thought, that for, was the, I thought they were part of the 200, the tribal land. Yeah, no, so 200 non-native. And okay. then there was some tribal land that, that there was additional, that they were allowed to, to hunt. There was like 80, so again, I think. It, I think there was 80 yeah. permits for yeah. um, on tribal land. So there's this quota. There's this this idea of, hey, we want, we, we're allowed to kill, right, of the herd that we know about. Right, that's the other key thing. There's this, there's, there's this variable that we know of how many are in this population, right? How many gray wolves are there in Wisconsin and um, what's the population and how many can we take from this population without making a significant impact to it uh, in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And they come up with this number. And, uh, and then what they do is they take into consideration hunting methods, which I was talking about, right? Like archery or, rifle or right all those things and in this case they allowed them to use dogs um and this is the first time that this has happened in years and what happened was is they uh 27,000 people applied for licenses and they issued almost 1500 tags mm-hmm. okay so what they what they're allocating for is all right like we we want to thin the, the, the pack by 200 wolves. So we know typically, you know, from other, other resources, like Canadians are allowed to hunt wolves in specific areas. So they'll take, they'll do research and they, they'll take those numbers and, Oh, okay. Well, based off of efforts, uh, hunting efforts done there and these methods of hunting, it's usually, uh, and I don't know what they came up with. It's usually, let's say a 20% success rate. So we'll issue four, 1500 tags. Mm-hmm. And of that will, you know, those hunters will get the, the quota of the 200 mm-hmm. and that didn't happen. And right again, it's the first year hunting, right? So we're, we're learning, it's a learning curve, but what happened was, is that they did exactly, it worked exactly as the system is supposed to work. Um, the, they killed, yeah, they killed 200 wolves in three days. Mm-hmm. Great. The hunters were successful. Well, and, and you need to just mention that with the quotas, once it's met, it's over. It's not, right. it's not. So you, people are going to hear 1500 tags and they're going to think, holy crap. But no, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's not like this hunting season is over once the over. quota is met. So, and, and that's the system in place that, that worked. 
and they, they hit their quota. Hunting yeah. season ended. Yeah. That was it. If you had a tag, it was no longer valid. Mm-hmm. You are now a poacher if you kill anything after that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the, there are extreme ramifications for that. Right? So everything that is in place, there are fail-safes to protect for exactly that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and they, they leave that out. Mm-hmm. Right? And, 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 and in the article, they say they stopped hunting because of it. Yeah. They did. Yeah, that's how it works. Right. That's, that's exactly, that's how it works, right? So there's there's things in place. Um, but it also shows you, so there, there's things about wolves that a lot of people don't know is how smart they are. Right? Think about your, whole, your, your household dog, right? And really how smart a household dog is. Um, but now you have something out in the wild uh, is, is literally top of the food chain, apex predator. Um, the only thing that is a threat to a wolf is... Yeah, some will argue bears, grizzly bears. I'll argue against that. Mm-hmm. Mm, they're more likely to fight each other, get injured, and then run away from each other. They're not going after, right? Prey they're doesn't go after. after yeah. Pre- right. Predators don't attack predators. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not easy. Right? Predators attacked, attack prey. Mm-hmm. They want easy. They want kill, right? Like, so... Uh, uh, wolf is an apex predator and there's nothing to challenge them. Um, and they're really smart. They're, they're very adaptable. They adapt to change very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are a lot of the issues that I'm going to talk about with the reintroduction of wolves in Colorado that I want to talk about. Um, but they're, you, you can't use in hunting, you can't use like drones or things like that. Um, they're talking, you know, you can't, it's hard to manage them even with drones because they, they start to hear the noise and then they start to relate the noise to these things and they start to avoid these things. Um, if you look at the mountain lion in, in anywhere in the world, but the mountain lion in Colorado, uh, mountain lions are, are incredibly intelligent. And if you know anything about hiking in Colorado, there's, there's signs all over the place. Beware of mountain lions. And the thing is, is you'll never see a mountain lion. You might, you might get lucky. And, and if you do, you also might be dead. Um, yeah. I was going to say, if you see one, you're more than likely they're ready to. Right. Right. The, <laughs> w- w- yeah, they're, they're going to kill you. They're yeah, going they, to attack like, you. Cause they, they'll be following, tracking you and you mm-hmm. won't know. And then neither they yep. decide, okay, let's go. Yep. I have friends that have, that, that have been tracked by mountain lions and they Unless know it's because. A juvenile and those, they tend to be more like the, the Fort Collins runner Example. but that was and juvenile because they are that was a baby yeah when the when the, the when the story was that's another example of journalism gone bad is I mean, it was still a mountain lion and i'm not going to take that away from the guy yeah but that that cat was tiny mm-hmm. and it was this guy he killed a cat with his bare hands he killed a mountain lion with his bare hands and he, he got attacked by a, a, a very small mountain lion and i'm not going to take anything away from the guy because that's still badass uh, that you survive a mountain lion attack because they're still deadly. But um, if that was a, if that was an adult or even close to an adult, there was there's no chance. Mm-hmm. And they're really smart creatures. You don't see them. Mm-hmm. They the only way to hunt mountain lion is with dogs because you can't see them. The dogs chase them. They run them up a tree and then they keep them in the tree for you to hunt them in the tree. Um, that's the main way to hunt mountain lions. Dude, I saw. Oh, I can't remember now. A guy in Utah, he uh-huh. had a photo of a mountain lion in a tree. He's like, I run this trail all the time. And he freaking one day saw this mm-hmm. mountain lion hanging out in a tree watching him. He's like, oh, crap. Yeah, it's scary <laughs> as fuck. It, 
my my buddy my buddy is my my good buddy that i hunt with uh, a lot of my hunting stories are with him the elk hunting story jeff uh he he's not a fan of snakes i'm not a fan of spiders but my biggest fear in being out there are, 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 are cats. He calls them kitties. And, uh, and he always like, he, he always makes fun of me. He's like, the kitties are going to get you. <laughs> and, uh, cause, cause you don't, they, you don't see them. You yeah. never see them. And that you will never, I've never seen a mountain lion. And I don't think I ever will unless I go hunt them or unless I'm going to die from one. And, uh, they're, that's how good they are. And that's the thing. I'm just using them as a comparison to wolves. And yeah, your friend seeing one up in a tree, that's scary because, they're fast. I've seen one run across the road. Have you? Mm-hmm. I was in cool. a car, but it was, yeah. That's yeah pretty cool. It was kind of like, what? And they have this massive tech. Like it, the only reason I was like, at first it was a little bit further down and thought it was a coyote, but I was like, no, that's too mm-hmm. big. That tail also is like very, yeah. Uh, significant. And I want to also just write some things you'll hear are mountain lions, pumas, cats, uh, cougars, cougars panthers, so like South South America, right? Like they're referred to as panthers or coo- mm-hmm. in Central America, I think they're cougars. So I think it has to do with, with location, but they're they're all essentially mountain lions. And they're all very stealth, very, uh, but they're, they're very adaptable. And that's the same thing with wolves. They're very adaptable. Um, they learn patterns. They, and, and then they become harder and harder to kill. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like humans. Uh, look at us from, Right, marching in fields, drumming on drums, shooting, taking shots in a in a direct line, right? And we're like, Whoa, this is stupid. Uh I'm gonna probably hide behind something and and then shoot at you, right? To, you know, urban warfare, guerrilla warfare, right? So we, we've become harder to kill. And uh that's gonna be any predator, any any predator that can think. So um what'll be interesting is one to see what happens with hunting wolves. If, if people blow this too out of proportion, uh, people like Tim Ferriss who perpetuate, um, misinformation and, uh, he did update, in- but I read it and it wasn't still not that significant, but he did update his post, I believe mm-hmm. because of the backlash, but it's still, it's still up there. And, and that yeah. and myself, that's, I feel that's a problem because again, people read the headline, they read mm-hmm. maybe the first two sentences that he puts up there versus do it, due diligence and actually like understanding. Um, right. Another thing to consider too is um, a good friend was telling me that the wolves that were reintroduced like to Yellowstone actually aren't mm-hmm. native wolves to the area. And so mm-hmm. um, they're a lot larger uh, than... So just to stop you real quick, that's mm-hmm. what's happening in Colorado. The wolves that the the bill that was voted on in November that passed um, because of Boulder and Denver, right? That's where our populations are. Boulder and Denver get to dictate. Oh, cute little wolves! Yeah, let's bring them back. And they hear the Yellowstone story, and um, and there's so many flaws about the Yellowstone story, but they're like, yay, let's bring them back. And and now we're reintroducing wolves, um, and that's the exact thing: is that these wolves aren't native. It's not th- those wolves are gone. Those wolves, those wolves were not the wolves dead. that lived they're, there before. Yeah, they they are they're not endangered. Those wolves are extinct. Like those wolves don't uh, exist in our in, in our area. So they're now taking a wolf, the Canadian gray wolf. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'll no, let you. No, and yeah, it's I the think same wolf. we can yep. like even just dive into this since we're here. But I think something that's really important to think about with like the reintroduction into Colorado is wolves have already made it down to Colorado, mm-hmm. and so. Um, there's some really sensitive aspects of 
like wolf pack dynamics as well. And so like, even if you're for reintroducing wolves, you have to understand that if they've already made it down here, they're going to make it down here. They're going to reintroduce themselves naturally. And it's actually going to be a better way for them to be reintroduced into the environment there than planting a pat, just the way that it gets done. Right. So it's, so that's kind of just being able to understand, like, even if you are for the reintroduction of wolves, um, like it, or just maybe your four wolves coming back into this area. Great. But reintroducing it the way that it get they get reintroduced is not the best way. And if it's yeah. naturally going to happen again, why does man have to get involved? Right? Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so if you want yeah, to, I mean, dive you're, into that part of you're, it. You're, you're right. And, um, and, and that's one of the, 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 the things that people will say that are for it, right? Like, oh, the wolves used to be here. That's cool, but they're not anymore. And it sucks. And, and that was, that was a, a, an error on human part. That was absolutely human error, mm-hmm. right? That was, we fucked up, we killed. Like, I think there's actually, uh, I, I don't know 100%, but I'm pretty sure there's a story of the guy who killed the last wolf mm-hmm. um, in Colorado. And it was like in the 1900s, or I think, the, the early 1900s. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, like that was our, we screwed that one up. We foot the bill on that one and, and that's fucked up. Right. And, and because of, because of, of us, um, yeah, we, we don't have that species any longer. And, uh, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to not go down that path yet, but people, uh, people, they're not bad, right? Humans are not bad. We are impactful, right? We make an impact and, um, and I don't mean that in a positive way. I don't mean that in a negative way. We are on this planet. We are going to make an impact. And what I mean by that is, you know, we talked about it briefly before, right? There's trash, there's consumerism, there's, um, right? Like we need to eat, we need to survive. We, um, we, we, we want to create and build and we want to go to Mars and, and go to the moon. And then there's, there's war and right. So we, we have an impact on the, the earth on the world, on the universe. And, um, right. So in a lot of cases, we don't talk about the, the negative impacts of that. And the, the wolves is one of them. I'm going to get into migration patterns later when we talk about other animals, but, uh, like we are impactful and, and that can go good. That can go bad. And, and in this case with the wolves, it, it turned out bad. And now with the Yellowstone story is used um, to persuade and used as rhetoric um, to reintroduce to gain people's vote on the reintroduction in wolves in Colorado, and the Yellowstone story is in in brief is Yellowstone didn't have wolves; uh, they reintroduced them. Uh, it's a national park, so there's no hunting in a national park. Um, the elk populations were getting. Yeah. because there's no hunting right and i'll say this control. every episode we talk about this is that man has always been part of the equation and you, you, one thing i have you, to say though where like with man in the equation is we are part of the equation but i think a lot of like if i look at sometimes like the root mm-hmm. problem with man <laughs> not that there's a problem with man but it's 
when we actually think we're above the equation. So I think that's when we right. get into trouble is when we actually aren't even coexisting, but yeah. when we're above yeah. and everything yeah. should follow our needs. Yeah. Um, so just to like throw yeah. that in there and yeah, you're no, you're right. And that's, and a prime example is the wolves in Colorado yeah. and right? bison like, back in the day. It was like, they eliminated the entire bison population. And mm-hmm. the thing is the indigenous tribes lived cohesively with bison. They did kill yes. bison, but they were part of the ecosystem versus mm-hmm. above the ecosystem. And when 100%. the white settlers came in, they were above the ecosystem and they didn't use the whole, like indigenous tribes used every part of that bison. Mm-hmm. It was bones included. They made bowls and tools and and spearheads and right. They they used everything. And when the white when white settlers came in, European settlers came in. It was they were just taking the high. Like they were leaving meat. Like it. It's just, and we've learned. (laughs) And then there's ways Mm -hmm. we haven't learned. You know. Right. Right. And so to that point is, right, we have these national parks and in national parks, you're not allowed to hunt. So you're removing man from the equation. You're not, man is no longer above the equation. They're no longer in the equation. They have been taken completely out of the equation. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is exactly what is going to happen. Prey starts to thrive. And when I say prey, you're right, you're anything, anything with flat teeth, right? Anything with eyes on the sides of its head. Preys have eye, prey has eyes on the sides of its head. Why? So it can see, right? So it can run. Um, predators, eyes forward, right? Why? Because they just need to see what's in front of them. They're not worried, right? The grizzly bear isn't worried about much attacking him, right? They're worried about what's in front of them. And, uh, and so those are some biological differences. Uh, so you remove man from this equation, and wolves, I, I don't know the story of the extinction of wolves in Yellowstone, so I can't speak to that. I don't know if you do know mm-hmm. that. No. So wolves, they, I don't know if they became extinct or, right, I think maybe it's the same story as like Colorado, because I'm pretty sure it's the same type of wolf that was there. Two different wolves. Two different wolves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The Rocky, the ones in uh, Colorado were different than Got the it. ones in Wyoming or in that Got area. It. So anyway, there weren't wolves. There are grizzly bears, right? But um, elk, deer, they started, bison, they started to, elk mainly was like the big one. They started to uh, reproduce and they became overpopulated and elk need to eat, right? Just as I mentioned earlier, elephants need to eat. Um, Elk need to survive through winters and in order to do that, they need to eat and um, they need to reproduce and they need to eat. And everything comes Wait, back to eating. Wait, do they need eating. to eat? <laughs> you're catching on, Brie. You're smart. You're, you're really One more time. Yeah. yeah. They're still yeah. eating. Uh, yeah. They're still eating. They're still eating. Uh, uh, you, know what's, you know what's interesting? Every every animal that I've hunted was eats? eating. No, not only eats, was eating when I hunted it. Like, it they were eating when I hunted it. Um, if I think about every single one of them was eating so right, they they eat a lot uh and and that that's important because that's what happened in yellowstone is that supposedly the 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 foliage the i don't even know the words like the plant life the bio the plant biology in yellowstone uh like they were missing plants that, that had been there for years and um because the elks ate ate it all and 
Um, also affects was, the deer population. Right. Um, so their thought was, let's reintroduce wolves. Uh, by reintroducing a predator means that a predator will go after prey, hence the elk. Um, they'll kill the elk. Uh, it, nature will balance out, which, yes, it, it should, right? Uh, and uh, that happened. And they started to see... Yellowstone started to look very different from a, a plant uh, perspective. And plants grew back. And, um, yeah, so it did. It, it did that. It balanced out. But now there's overpopulation of, of everything really there, right? So you have, you have grizzly bears, you have elk, you have um, wolves, deer, bison, um, and, and you still have the absence of man in, in that story. Um, but what's happening is they're starting to see elk populations decline. And if you go to Yellowstone, um, you'll see plenty of elk, right? You're like, there's no shortage of, of elk because they're right in front of you because it's a national park and they don't fear. I don't know if I saw any elk there. I just saw so many bison the last time I was there. Honestly, now I think about, I'm like, I mean, there's elk like herds in, I mean, in Cody, you know, like in the South Fork and all like North Fork. So just outside of Yellowstone, but actually like in the park, I actually like now that I'm thinking about it, just like, bison <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a ton of bison yeah. i've never been up to yellowstone i want to go my friends were up there and they had where they camped at their campsite in yellowstone mm-hmm. they had elk yeah like there like in their campsite mm-hmm. and and that's the thing is like you go to estes park here which is right by rocky mountain national park it's the town that's outside of rocky mountain national park and there's elk in the town uh, on the golf course, right? Like everyone just stops to see these beautiful six point bulls. Um, and it, they it, are smarter than we think because that mm-hmm. could also be seasonally. So it's like, I'm there in the summer. They're like, they're cruising around, but hunting season comes and all the elk are going to go onto national parks, onto private farms and yep. ranches where you, they can't be hunted. So like, there's 100%. also that component. 100%. Um, that place. And all yeah. weather, right? Like they're not going to be in the lowlands in the middle of summer. Um, they're going to go, you know, it's, it's too hot or so anyway. Yeah. Elk know hunters and they know <laughs> yeah. what that means. They do. And in Estes park in national parks, Yellowstone, Rocky mountain national park, they have nothing to be afraid of because man isn't hunter in the park. Mm-hmm. Man is the guy on the side of the road with a camera that isn't going to do anything to me. Um, whereas if they're not in national parks, if they're on public land or they're on private land that is huntable, uh, they die (laughs) and they know that and they know the sound of a rifle and their hunting season, it's called pressure, right? When you, you know, you want to be first few days of hunting season because that's, they don't know, they don't remember yet that, oh, this is hunting season. And then they hear the gunshots and then, then it's like. Ding. Oh yeah. I remember that sound. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm going to hide. And Oh, you know what? Those guys can't, those guys don't shoot me for some reason when I cross this fence Yeah. and they hop the fence and they're on private. And, um, yeah. So the animals are smart prey predators. They're all very intelligent and they have natural instincts to keep themselves alive. Um, yeah. So, 
the the Yellowstone project, while it's a it's a great story, there's also you know there's the other side that the the wolves are thriving, um, grizzly bears are thriving. They don't have um, they don't have an enemy, and um, you know they're they're eating the elk, they're killing the elk, and the it ch- it's changed the elk behaviors. So if you go to uh, Yellowstone, elks don't bugle. Uh, in Yellowstone, or they bugle mm. very little, because what does a bugle do? Yeah, what does a bugle do? So, I, I, if you've never heard an elk bugle, look it up. I'm not going to do it for you. I don't have my calls in front of me, but I'm not going <laughs> to do it for you. Uh, it's a very uh, it could it could be an annoying sound. It's high pitched, uh, but it's beautiful. And uh, yeah, they don't bugle. Why? Because bugles locate, and who who wants to locate, right? prey or predators right me i want to locate that's why i bugle at a bull is to get him to bugle back and then be like oh i know where he is and then i go to him um and it's the same with the wolf so because with the reintroduction of wolves into yellowstone uh they realized oh shit there's this this wolf that is now attacking us and if we bugle we give away our location and the wolves come and kill our Right. Wolves aren't taking down. That's the other thing is wolves aren't taking down uh, six point ten year old bulls. They're not taking down ten year old cows. They're taking they're going easy. They they, they want the easy. Right. Like mm-hmm. the path of least resistance is is the way of human nature. It's the way of, uh, of predators. It's the way of prey even. Right. Like when we're hunting and you're out there in the woods and you see the path when you're tracking an elk um, or you're tracking an animal, you see the path they take. They don't go right. Unless you're an elephant, they don't go through the hard things. They look for the path of least resistance and, and wolves, they look for the easy kill they want, right. They, they want to eat. And so who are you going to kill if you are a wolf? Are you going to kill the big, strong, muscular, um, experienced man with these massive weapons on their head? Or are you going to kill the baby that just fell out of the womb onto the ground? They can barely walk. And guess who is responsible for reproducing? It's not the, the old bull. The old bull is, is no longer fertile and he, he's, he's angry. Right. And, um, and we're going to talk about trophy hunting too, but like, like that, that bull is serves no purpose and he's being kept alive um, because man is out of the equation in the national parks in those issue in those scenarios and those apex predators, the grizzly bears, the wolves, um, they, they kill the babies and bears hibernate and bears diet changes in the, uh, you need to like, this is part of hunting is knowing what animals eat bears, when they come out of hibernation, they need protein. And protein is meat and or animal flesh. I'm going to start referring it to animal flesh. God, I hate that. Uh, they they refer to it as, or they, they, they need meat, so they're going to go kill meat, and they're going to go eat meat. And in the fall is when they don't need the protein. That's when they eat berries and foliage and um, things but like that. Don't they need that? I mean, they'll take... Cause that's a big thing is the, just even the training of bears with hunting. Like they hear a mm-hmm. rifle, they hear, hear a shot and they, they think dinner bell. 
mm-hmm. um, and especially with. <laughs> yep. Can you explain that a little bit? Like just, just go, just walk through that just a little deeper. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll no, you're, you're, you correct you're so right. me, but like what's happened now is especially grizz, well, grizzlies up in, uh, Northern Wyoming, um, They've kind of, they've essentially been trained, uh, because in hunting season, again, it's the path of least resistance. So now they no longer have to take down an elk or a deer. They hear a gunshot and they know there's going to be food somewhere. And so up here, it really is a race to get your meat out as fat Mm -hmm. before the grizzlies get there. And, um, and they, yeah, so they are tr- pretty much trained. Like they're going to go for something that's already dead versus I'm going to have to do the work um, to yep. take something down. Um, yeah, 100%. And, and I want to touch on something about like sound and, and hearing in it. This was explained to me this last hunting season um, when, when I, with bugling and with gunshots and, and any sort of sound, uh, when you're out in the woods, you're in the elk's home. You're in you're in the animal's home, whatever animal it is, and the animals know that home. All right, I want you to think about for those listening, for you, Bri, right? like think about your home, mm-hmm. and if someone was in your house and yelled at you, "Hey, Alan. Hey, Bree. Hey, whoever you are," you would know exactly where they're at, mm-hmm. right? Like you would know: Are they by the front door? Are they in a bedroom? Are they upstairs? Are they downstairs? Right from wherever they're at, are they in the garage? Is or is there anything in the way? Um, you would know their position. That's the animals. Mm-hmm. You're in their living room. You're in their family room. You're in their basement. And and when you when you bugle, right to an elk, uh, they know. Oh, there's an elk in my living room, and I'm upstairs in the bedroom right now. Let me go check that out. Or. Uh, for this this example that you gave right like oh the hunter ding right the bell goes off the dinner bell goes off the hunter shooting the elk the bear knows oh there's going to be food in the living room or there's food in the kitchen i'm going to go to the kitchen now mm-hmm. and they make their way and and yeah grizzlies are super aggressive um and they will they're huge they're massive animals thousand pounds they're very different than black bears that we deal with in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, black bears are, are very much afraid of, yeah, of they're humans. Like they're yeah. So funny. yeah. And <laughs> black bears, <laughs> I mean, there's bad, black... case, the things happen. I mean, there's, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a different beast. <laughs> I have a funny story about a, uh, an interaction being like five feet from a black bear, uh, hunting. Uh, I'll, I'll tell that here in a second, but yeah, black bears, the, like, a, a big black bear is like 300 pounds. Where a grizzly bear is a thousand pounds, and they tell you, you know, they say play dead. The reason they tell you play dead. Uh, so if if you're dealing with a brown a black bear, uh, you, you, the the answer is make yourself bigger. If you're with people, get close together. Right? Noise. You want to make yeah, and you want to make noise and and you fight. And if like you were to get attacked by a black bear, the goal is fight, because you could potentially. Uh, you're not going to beat up a black bear, but you're going to make the path of least resistance, not least resistance. And they're going to run away. 
if that comes down to it but a grizzly bear the reason they tell you play dead isn't because the animal thinks that you're dead they're not going to bother you it's that you're fucking hoping that they leave you alone because the chance of you standing up and making noise and and scaring away a grizzly bear or fighting off a grizzly bear is zero mm-hmm. right so the, the the point is is like um you know like get down on the ground curl up in a ball and hope that the this grizzly bear leaves you alone um, or run faster than all your friends, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, right. And, and you're and you're you're good. And if you think you're bear bear spray, <laughs> bear spray in Wyoming, you've got a fifty-fifty chance because right. the wind. It's like right. And so the yeah. best is like just prevented, right? Bears don't want to go after humans. Mm-hmm. Again, they don't. They're it's just you you surprise them in their home is what happens mm-hmm. typically. Or again, you're fighting over the same meal. That's yep. what it is, right? And that's the big issue with grizzly. Gri- so grizzly and brown bears, people will say, what's the difference? Um, brown bears are inland. Grizzly bears are coastal. Uh, a grizzly is right. inland. Brown Brown eat salmon, apparently. And then right. there's the Kodiak. And Kodiak. Then, yeah. And then you have Alaska. And um, so it's regional. It's the same thing as, I mean, yeah like buffalo yeah. bison but they are so it doesn't yeah it doesn't i just want to clarify for our listeners who may not know it doesn't uh refer to color um a black bear is not always black there's there's brown black bears there's cinnamon, cinnamon. color black bears um yeah so in with grizzlies grizzlies is a species brown bears is a species kodiak is a species um and again yeah it's it's regional um but grizzly brown kodiak uh, they're all sort of biologically, physiologically, almost the same. I think uh, there might. I think Kodiak bears are bigger. Yeah. I, I oh, yeah. Yep, right? yep, yep. yeah. I think the Kodiaks, and the Kodiaks are specific to an island, Kodiak Island, mm-hmm. um, and like that region of, I think of Alaska. Bra- I might be wrong. I feel like brown, actually, brown bears might be a bit bigger bigger than grizzlies but i could be totally off i don't know yeah. if i'm making that up and we're talking right hundreds of pounds right when you're talking about a thousand pound animal um so neither here nor there but they're they're massive and they're not afraid and um when you hear about bear attacks in most cases they're grizzlies and um in colorado so i'll, I'll, I'll share my my black bear story uh it's it's really funny so we're out archery hunting. It was it was me and six buddies. I actually showed the picture one episode of us doing yoga that one trip, and uh, it was me, my buddy Jeff, and uh, my other buddy were we're out hunting elk, archery hunting, and uh, right, you're being quiet in in everything that you do, and we had we had a bear tag, and we also had elk tags, and we are we're walking up this really steep hill, and we we stop to take a break, and we take a break, and we're we're like talking so we're we're like standing in like a like a triad like in like a triangle the three of us are just standing there we're looking at our phones because we have uh, these mapping programs right that tell us where we want to go and where we want to hunt and features and things like that and we're right over there's this little like dip down and it goes to like this little running creek beautiful little running creek and then it goes back up to the other side and uh, me and my buddy Jeff are facing away from the creek and our other buddy is facing towards the creek. He's from Wisconsin. He's never seen a bear before. And uh, and again, we're being quiet, right? We're just like talking, you know, we're whispering to each other, talking about our plans to hunt elk. 
and out of nowhere, my, our buddy's eyes get like super wide and he goes, holy fuck, that's a bear. (laughs) And, and me and Jeff, we turn and we, we turn around and we look and there is a black bear three yards from us. Yeah. Like it, it is right there. And, and what happened was, is that dip down into the Creek and then that dip back up. Bears have really poor eyesight. Um, uh, the bear came across, went down, didn't see us, came up and we were right there waiting and not in like hunting mode. And the bear, he didn't see us. And, and he was startled by our friend who yelled and, <laughs> and we like turn around and look and, and we see this bear and it finally clicks to me and Jeff that we have bear tags and we like whip out our arrows and we're like trying to chase this bear that booked it. Holy shit. I've never seen an animal run so fast. And what what's scary, right? Like we chased this bear. Like we went, we ran after the bear uh, and we told our wives and, and, and our wives would be jokes. They're like, Oh yeah. The, the only morons to go after the bear, right? Like everyone runs from the bear and we're, we're running towards it. Uh, and needless to say, this bear took off. And I, and I was like, after everything was over, I was like, man, if that bear had other motives and he used that speed at us, that yeah. would have been scary. Um, but yeah, so we, we ran after it and then, it like ran and and we thought it was gone. We came back to our little uh, triad and we're like planning again. And the bear comes back (laughs) and, and my buddy's like, I mean, my buddy, he's like six, five, I think. Uh, So he's got some height on me and we start running after the bear again. And at this point we have to run and we have to cross the, the little Creek, the little uh, waterway. And we're running right. Broadheads are out, right? Broadheads are the sharp arrows. Uh, that you would kill an animal with and we're running and my buddy gets to the edge of the creek the, the little dip down and he leaps and just clears the whole thing <laughs> and i'm running full speed and i see it and i'm like there's no way i am clearing this <laughs> like there is not a chance in the world with all the speed i ha- and there's no way that i can stop either at this point so i literally jump into the creek <laughs> <laughs> jump out of the creek and continue chasing this bear and we didn't get the bear of course because we're chasing a bear stupid um, but yeah it was it was super funny yeah uh, and just talking about bears um so yeah so actually bear one thing again like kind of stemming off of the quota stuff So for people who are, maybe this is a little education opportunity, but like for bears, they build their quota off of, um, female bears. So like, Mm -hmm. again, just to reiterate, there's a science behind it. And so they'll release a certain number of tags, but season is over once X number of females have been, um, hunted or killed. So I'm really glad you brought that up because that's, you're, you're right. There's, and there's a few regulations in play that, that are required in bear hunting. So first off, uh, if you see a sow, which is a female bear mm-hmm. with cubs, right? So if there is a, if there is a bear with another bear, it is most likely not a male. Um, and it is most likely a sow and most likely cubs, right? So mother babies, not allowed to kill mm-hmm. period. Never, never in Colorado. Are you allowed to kill either of those animals? So you're only allowed to kill solo bears. All right. So if the bears are alone, uh, you can absolutely hunt them. Second thing is you have five days in Colorado 
to report your kill. You must take your, um, and there's regulations on size too. So um, you have to really know what you're looking for. So it's not just, right, again, people think hunters are these like me, like we're just going out and just like, you know, again with this wolf story, this two, oh, people killed 200 wolves. Like we're these maniac, maniacal, uh, like people who are just want to kill and, we, you know, we get off doing it and, uh, that's not the case, right? Like when, when you're hunting a bear, you have to, before you can kill the bear, you have to make sure it's the right size, that it's, it's more than a year old. Um, you have to make sure, and there's things, right? You don't like, can I see your, your driver's license, right? Like there's, you have to, there's things that you look at to know that it's more than a year old and you have to make sure there's no other bears with it. Um, and then what you have to do is you have to bring the head to a parks and wildlife office in Colorado. And if it's not more than a year old, you get fined. You don't get to keep the head. You don't get to keep the meat. Um, there's, you know, they check the bear for, um, they do their testing on it. They do, right, again, the science behind it. They they want to know how many bears were killed. Um, and that's what required. ages are they? They measure all mm-hmm. those aspects Absolutely. into it. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're 100% right that this isn't just um, bears being murdered. And here's a thing to think about. So in an area like where I am, where there's grizzlies are quite prevalent, Mm -hmm. um, they're like, if there's trouble grizzlies, like ones that are maybe coming into areas that they shouldn't, they helicopter those grizzlies to a different area and Mm -hmm. vice versa. So like the Cody ones get helicoptered to Dubois and the trouble grizzlies and Dubois get helicoptered to Cody. Yeah. So it's like spinning them around a bunch. So we're just spending all of else. this money transporting them where mm-hmm. if the grizzly tag was a possibility and it got taken back a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but it's like, that's where there's, there's not this understanding of what really goes on. And so transporting them like everything that they're going to make their way back too. like, that's the other part of it. And so we are kind of spending a lot of useless money in that process that could be actually resolved in a controlled, more potentially more efficient way. Right. And to your point, you know, I, I don't think we've, we finished touching on this about the reintroduction of wolves in Colorado. And, and that is, is these become political issues and these become ballot issues. And, and we have the, the layman and I'm not, there's no derogatoriness behind that. Um, right. Because like, I'm, I'm part of that making decisions on reintroduction of wolves, not being able to hunt grizzlies. And I remember that the judge who pulled that decision in Colorado a couple years ago uh, in Wyoming a couple years ago and, and he caught a lot of flack for pulling the the grizzly licenses um, but we're, we're bringing in a political aspect right this voting aspect of things for people to make decisions when uh, you know the Colorado reintroduction of wolves Colorado Parks and Wildlife did a study on the re- reintroducing the Canadian gray wolf and they they said no they said no it's not a good idea and then we took it to a ballot, and now here we are, reintroducing wolves into Colorado by the by 2023. And um, you know, so there's it, it goes back to what we talked about earlier, right? Tony Robbins talking about eating, and right there's there's 
many, it's a, these are all complex issues. And if you're not an expert, I'm not saying don't, right? Like, like, yeah, we're allowed to have opinions and we're allowed to talk about them. Um, and if you want, if it's something you care about, then get into that, that field and, and, and work with the Department of Natural Resources, the Parks and Wildlife to, to make your voice heard. Um, but I don't believe the ballot is a good way to, to help manage this. And, and it's do your research. Here's the, right. th- like what happened with Tim Ferriss is a headline. We're basing our opinion off of a headline without mm-hmm. an understanding. And I know we don't have the capacity to research everything, but then mm-hmm. don't talk about, like don't have a right. voice if you haven't done the work behind right. it. Yeah. And that goes into New Jersey and California. I, I talked about that after all this, it was funny after the, the thing came up, Brie, right. Uh, you and I, I think we saw the post at the same time on Instagram. Cause like, I think we like started like seeing each other comment and like, I went crazy commenting cause I was fucking annoyed. At I that. commented and, and deleted because I was like, not worth it. Not, I put it up <laughs> and then I like, I deleted it cause I was just like, I'm just doing a lot of work of like, where am I putting my energy? Like, right. I'm doing exactly what pisses me off about this. Situation. Yeah. 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 Anyway. And, and for, for me, I want to have a voice about it Yeah, and, and I'm okay with like, yeah, it, you know, it, this, this is something that's, it's, mm-hmm. it's lighting me on fire. And, um, uh, but this is one of the things I want to have the voice about. And, um, you know, there's, there's banned bear hunting in New Jersey and California. And, and in New Jersey, there's been recent headlines about bears making their way into cities. And, um, yeah, like, I don't know if, I don't know if there's a tax, but they're starting to have to like put down bears in cities. Uh, and, and it's because they made bear hunting illegal in New Jersey mm. and California is going through it right now where it was on the ballot and now bear hunting is, uh, I think the vote passed. They're not allowed to hunt bears anymore. And, and it's just, it's terrible. Like you're, you're messing, you're taking man out of the equation. It goes back to what we talked about earlier, above the equation, in the equation, out of the equation. And we need to be in the equation. And And maybe this is the time to dive into, um, what we talked about in terms of, funding for conservation. And so all of these tags, anything tags, the licenses, um, there's a tax on ammo and guns that all go directly towards directly to conservation funds. Any revenue from tags and licenses go to conservation. Yep. Yeah. So hunters, uh, like you said, pay more than 50% of like 60% of conservation. And that includes, again, everything that we've already mentioned, taking care of the wildlife, managing it, biology, uh, tracking the animals, um, making sure that the populations are healthy, um, having the scientists like, like me as a hunter, I, right. I believe in science. I, that's a little sarcastic remark anyone catches up on it. Uh, but like, I believe in science and, and I let the scientists in, in the parks and wildlife divisions do their job. And I'm willing to pay for that. And I'm, and I'm, I'm okay. You're never going to hear me bitch about cause because those, that money goes to conservation, which allows me to hunt. Conservation doesn't mean I don't get to hunt. 
and with the reintroduction of wolves, we're not going to get to hunt, um, at least initially. And I don't foresee that happening, especially if articles like what Tim Ferriss is, is putting out uh, from the, the New York Times, like more of that. Right. Again, you start getting more things on ballots and uh, you don't let the scientists do their job. Um, and you don't let us hunt the wolf, right? If, if a wolf comes in, if wolves are reintroduced, fine. But I get to hunt them. And and no one wants to hear that. No one, oh, you're killing a dog. Well, now they become the dogs. the coyote populations have exploded with the absence of wolves as well. But, like, mm-hmm. so there's, like, I mean, again, like, there's... But, again, like, the, the wolves will gnash... They're already in Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so... And I think hunters want to hunt, so they don't want populations to disappear. Like that right. is, how is that not make sense to people? Like hunters right. do not want these populations of animals to disappear. No. That means right. they can't hunt. So they, they're, they're the best conservationists that we, yep. that we could rely on if only we teamed up versus like made people the enemy. Yeah. And so I want to talk about uh, the elk population. Uh, real quick. So uh, before the, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation um, was founded, as well as um, conservation efforts through Colorado Parks and Wildlife and stuff Wyoming did as well in the early 1900s, there was only 40,000 elk. So they were um, they were almost endangered, almost extinct. Um, and now the, uh, the Rocky Mountain Elk, so there's different, again, uh, there's Roosevelt Elk out west, um, but the the Rocky Mountain elk population is well over three hundred thousand elk, and that was because of hunting conservation efforts. So because of hunters and because of the the right conservation efforts, um, elk thrive, mm-hmm. and we get to hunt them, no. and and that's cool. And and it goes back to right. I want to talk about trophy hunting too. I, I and I used to be like this. I used to say, oh, trophy hunters are terrible. Right, like we shouldn't be hunting for trophy. We should we shouldn't be hunting for sport. We we're hunting for right. If you're hunting for food, that's okay, um, and that's 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 not a great way to look at it because um, one, hunting is fucking hard. It is seriously elk hunting is the hardest thing I've ever done, and so the fact that I can get a trophy at the end of it, like fuck yeah, I want that. Um, and and what a trophy tells you, what a big like. Uh, trophy tells you is, you know, I was alluding to it earlier is, um, they're old. They're, they're no longer, uh, a contributing member of the population and they need to be removed because now they're becoming detrimental to the population. So your, your boat, your big bull elks who are becoming an issue and threatening the smaller bulls, um, from getting in into the cows and reproducing and, um, they need to be hunted. And in Colorado, you can't uh, kill a male elk that doesn't have four points on one side of their antlers, right? So you, they have to be a certain age before you're allowed to actually kill an elk um, because we need to let those bulls go out and reproduce and and continue to make sure the Rocky Mountain elk population thrives. And that applies to lions in Africa um, and that applies to elephants and rhinos and all the animals that no one wants to think that we should be hunting because they're so pretty. And the lion and Cecil the lion, please stop naming 
the, the the animals we can't we can't name animals because exactly what happened happens right when cecil the lion gets killed cecil the the old grandpa lion that is now a threat to the lion population uh gets gets killed and hunted at a very expensive cost very expensive in africa you're talking hundred thousand dollars plus to hunt a lion uh like cecil the lion where uh, you now are doing multiple things as far as conservation goes. That $100,000 does, it employs uh, tribes people uh, in the local areas of where you're hunting in Africa. Um, there's also probably a, a small part of, or maybe a large part that, that does go to bribery and um, right in the political system yeah, uh, of Africa. And that's right, the so corruption that, of government. I mean, right. Yeah, Everywhere absolutely. There's, yeah, right. Yeah. So there, there absolutely is that like, like I can't ignore that. Right. I can't come on here and say Tony Robbins is so terrible because he only gave us one side and then I don't give you all the sides. Right. There, there absolutely is the corruption of the, these, these political figures see money and they want to sell Cecil the lion for $200,000. Um, but also what isn't talked about is the meat from Cecil the lion goes to the tribes. Um, the bones, the right, all of the animal, right, like you mentioned from our natives, uh, they gets used and it goes to the tribes of these these nations, uh, and and they get used as well. That money, a, a, a portion of that money goes to poaching efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll hear people say, "Well, why do we have to shoot them? Why do we have to kill them? Let's let's do let's do photo safaris." Um, and you can't find a single photographer who's going to pay a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars to go take a picture of Cecil the lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to happen, right? Because they want a trophy. They they want right for two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I'll I'll pay you two hundred thousand dollars, but I'm bringing that thing home. And when President Trump uh, banned, uh, ignorantly banned, uh, bringing trophies home, importing trophies back from Africa. Uh, he faced a lot of backlash and quickly reversed that um, because what it does is it has an impact as a chain reaction and it impacts impacts those tribes it impacts poaching efforts um, poaching efforts are only uh, paid for by hunters in Africa no one's paying for poaching efforts again yeah a little bit of photo safaris but we're what? talking we're talking major I want you to speak but we're talking oh, yeah. major major uh, countries like china who uh find quote medicinal purposes in the horn of the white rhino which there's none there's absolutely zero medicinal purposes in the horn of the white rhino uh they go they kill uh uh they kill the the white rhino and uh it gets sold on the black market in china as medicine um and and all they do is they go they kill the rhino they take the horn and they leave Mm -hmm. and that's it and now this animal dies uh, and, and yeah, white rhinos, uh, are almost extinct. They're actually on an upward trend though, because of, of hunting and, and conservation efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the white rhino is on an upward trend. There's, it's still not thriving. Um, but they're, they're, they're making their way up because of conservation and poaching efforts. Sorry, go ahead, Bri. Well, all I was going to say is that, um, poaching will happen regardless if there's hunting or not. And mm-hmm. so, this is coming back to that conscious conservation of of thinking about the entire ecosystem, and so that in Africa there's a lot, there is I think some initiatives of shifting um, like 
training poachers, like giving them incentives to actually be hunting guides, right? So like here we are, these people are trying to survive and make money, so that's why they're poaching. But can we take what, why? Why are are they poaching? Okay, because they don't see another option. Now let's create a way to give them another option. They're also taking people who were poachers to and paying them to help find other poachers. So (laughs) it's just like what we do in the States with, with like criminals, uh, right? Like how did they do this? Right. You have to right in order to catch a criminal, think like a criminal. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing, right? Like how do, how do poachers get away with killing this massive animal, cutting a horn off and running away and not getting caught. Right. So we look to the people who did it Mm -hmm. and we say, Hey, how'd you do it? Can you help us stop? Hey, we'll pay you. And again, right. The source is money and supporting their families and, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and it's it's turning around crime and mm-hmm. right? So you're you're taking it and spinning it into a really good thing. And I think like I don't think you're done with your trophy uh statements maybe potentially you are, but I had something mm. to add to that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I I think just because I know you and I'm I might people might not be understanding like you're in, so they're trophy hunters, like you're required to take the me. And so, yes, there are people who maybe go just to get, um, the rack, like they're they're, mm-hmm. but like, it's required to take the meat out. So that's something important to it's a felony acknowledge if, it, if you don't, um, and there's, and people who are just hunting for the trophy, like, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. Like I, and not to. I think this is mm-hmm. an important thing of like, okay, let's have different opinions on it. For sure. Um, but there's those kinds of people in every industry. And so um, mm-hmm. the trophy hunter exists in, in the climbing world. The people who are just climbing to say, look at me and look what I did. There's yeah. that in, in the banking industry. I mean, there is yeah. the trophy hunter who exists in pharmaceuticals like this this person it's not just hunters sure. you can see that the ego driven like look at me look at how great i am i have this head in every industry and so you can't just say like hunt like generalize hunters in sure. that way sure i i agree and i disagree um i i would say the hunters that i know there's the intent is absolutely right. Like you said, there's law. It is a felony. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is not right. Like it is don't pass, go don't collect $200, go directly to jail. Right. Like if you do not take the four quarters, the back straps and the loin, uh, the loins of any animal. Um, So maybe there's this braggadocious, like, Hey, check out my, my, my rack. Right. Like, yeah, uh, that, that absolutely exists because when you don't put in the work, um, you don't know, right? When you're just looking at the Instagram photo of the end result, um, right? Like, yeah, there's there's that. But you're right. There, there's probably a very small percentage. Um, but the hunters that I know aren't those that are just, right? Like, and, and what do they do with the meat? No, like everyone's taking the meat. Everyone's eating the meat. Yeah, there are people that go out and sell the meat. You're not allowed to sell wild game. Yeah. Uh, it's also a felony to sell wild game. You can gift wild game, um, but you're not allowed to sell it. So there's, there's laws in place and, uh, to hopefully stop those things. But yeah, in, in any industry, there's, there's the greed aspect of it. Um, and, and I think that's what you're, what you're talking about. And I would agree with that, that, yeah, there's well, always going to be that yeah, guy it's, that's trying to 
get the the massive rack and like you did the work I'm talking to you about, you know, there's going to be people who get guiding services and yeah. literally get everything set up so that they can take the shot. Right. So like, you sure. know what, like, and there's nothing wrong. Like if that's, that's per, like, that's not my style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want people to know that like, even those people, oh, those people exist everywhere who are going to pay, mm-hmm. pay for yeah. it versus do the yep. hard work. Right. Yep. Um, yep. And sometimes they still don't get the shot, even though it's set up perfectly for them. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But the, just so you know, the meat, like even those trophy hunters, there are, as Alan has mentioned, like there's laws against it's, it's not like they're just mm-hmm. taking that rack and leaving everything else. Like it's still, um, yeah, it's, it's even though they might be that personality might be in it just for the trophy, Mm-hmm. Um, there's requirements that go with it and yeah. also know that it's a small percentage, like you said, and those people exist in every industry. And, and there's, there's point systems that come into play. We haven't even talked about that and I don't even know if we should get into that, but there's point systems in, in play, um, for specific areas to hunt, mm-hmm. um, where we know, uh, elk population thrives. It's easier to hunt or, and that's not just elk replace elk with any other animal, um, right. Where we know elk population thrives and, um, we know the genes are good. Um, so like getting, uh, the ability to hunt, uh, for example, Colorado, the Northwestern part of the state is, is very prevalent to really big elk. Um, and, and the, the hunt type is a bit easier, but it takes years. So you have to acquire points. Uh, they're called preference points. You have to acquire these points for eight, nine, 10 years before you ever get an opportunity to hunt that area. Mm. Um, and then you have areas like, uh, in Arizona on the San Carlos Indian reservation range. So, um, yeah, that's the other thing. Indian reserve, Indian land, native land is their land. And guess what they get to do? They get to dictate how that's run. We don't get to tell them, mm-hmm. right. Um, we sit down, we, we counsel with them, um, example with the wolves, right? Like we counsel with them and, and again, we go off of science and biology, but, um, in the, on the San Carlos reservation in Arizona, uh, it produces the, uh, the, some of the biggest elk in the world and, um, to hunt, uh, an elk in, on the San Carlos reservation, it's a $45,000 fee and the San Carlos, uh, Indians, they, uh, they're out there managing, uh, the population. They're making sure that the population thrives. Uh, and the, the result of that is, um, there's a, there's a famous hunter, a bow hunter. He, he killed a, a 10, 10 and 11 point, uh, elk. So one side was 10 points. The other side was 11 points. That's a really old fucking elk. Yeah. And this thing was huge. And, and yeah, he paid, you know, he paid the $45,000 plus, I'm sure. Um, but then he goes out there and, the, and you know, you're not guaranteed a shot, right? Is it easier? Yeah. They're not pressured like we talked about earlier. They're not used to, right? They see a person. They're not necessarily going to run as fast as uh, an elk on public land. Um, so there's definitely things that are advantageous to hunting on like private land or uh, native land. Um but yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a touchy subject to say, to, to, to go one way or the other, to say trophy hunters are bad or trophy hunters are, are good. Um, 
and in, in Texas, Texas is another great example. There's a lot of hunting in Texas, and most hunting in Texas is done on private land. Um, so you're going and you're paying a fee. Um, sometimes you have guides, sometimes you don't. Uh, but you're paying a fee to hunt their land, and, and those fees are, again, their conservation efforts. Texas also has some pretty wacky fucking laws where, like, the some of the most exotic animals live in Texas, like Bengal tigers and Nilgai and, uh, I mean, animals from places that, like, Africa and, and India are in Texas because of their crazy, weird laws. So when they hunt on, when you hunt on private land, though, so I know with, like, licenses and tags, a certain percentage, again, goes back to um, the restoration, you know, wildlife restoration for public Mm -hmm. lands, Mm -hmm. right? So it goes back to the public lands. How does that work? How much is that private land pocketing and how much goes do they have to donate a certain amount to um conservation or is it just the hunting license and then the tag that what whatever you're paying to hunt on that private land goes to the private owner yeah so conservation isn't just for public right it's for the 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 life the the thriving of the animal right so whether they're on public or private it's all um, right. So that's included in like the license. So whatever those fees are in the license, that's what they get for conservation. Now, I can't speak to what these what these uh, private landowners do with the money and how they contribute back to conservation. But that's what they earn. So if you're a private landowner and, and that, but that's the thing is the animals on your private land are going to dictate what you can charge. And in Colorado, you're going to pay $10,000 to hunt on private land in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, to hunt an elk, a bull elk. Yeah, $10,000, that's crazy. Um, like, I'm never going to pay that. But uh, it's because they, they know they have good animals, meaning good trophies. But, right, like, because, again, people want something to show for the work that they do. Because just because it's on private land doesn't mean you're not working for it. Um doesn't mean that you're not you're not looking for the animal you're out there you're bugling you're calling yeah even if you have a guide in a lot of instances again it's not my style right i want to i want to do it myself um but even if you have a guide um you're still working you're still hiking your guide is um yeah well yeah but you you have to follow your guide right like some and sometimes horses i've just heard right? funny like, stories about like they're like we set the shot up for this guy he wouldn't walk up the hill yeah yeah. And so yeah. He no. One hundred percent. He doesn't get the shot. Like. <laughs> yep. Absolutely, and that exists. Um, you know, there's stories. Uh, Remy Warren. He's another famous hunter. He has a story on one of his recent podcasts. He literally he he has trail cams out on on some of this this land. I think it was public even. Uh, I'm not hundred percent certain, but he has trail cams out on this land, and he knew there was this elk that came by this water hole every day at like the same exact time, mm-hmm. like like clockwork, and he set this guy up. Uh, and he's like, all right, like, just keep your rifle pointed here. And he's like, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. And he's like, this elk is coming. He's here every day. Like, he's going to give you a clear window. Take the shot. And, and he keeps reminding him, don't fall asleep. And sure as shit, the guy falls asleep. And I guess, like, the guy wakes up to seeing the elk and the gun goes, he, she takes a shot, but it was a terrible shot. Hits like a tree. And yeah, the guy fell asleep. And, and yeah, so like you pay this guide 
who spent a lot of their time, right? Guides, no one can just be a guide, right? Like they have to have some validity to what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? You, they want, you know, to be a guide, I'm not going to pay you $10,000 to just be some schmo off the street, mm-hmm. right? So you have to know what you're doing and um, you have to have a reputation of knowing what you're doing and, and producing good hunts um, and producing animals and, and again, the meat, right? Like I've, I don't think I've ever met an elk hunter that doesn't want the meat. The elk meat, if you haven't eaten elk meat, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost sweet. It's delicious. Uh, but, yeah, so so trophy, the, the term trophy hunting is, is hard. Again, another complex issue of, uh, of right, like, like it's hard to just say it is this, right? The hunter and the hippie. That's why we started this, mm-hmm. right? To, to classify one person as one thing and then say judge them all based on that one thing it's it's hard to do that and that includes the term trophy hunting um yeah that's that's my thoughts on it and and the trophy is what allows for conservation right people want something to show for it mm-hmm. right and the guy who killed cecil the lion i feel bad for that he was a dentist i don't even know if that guy ever got his life back but um if you don't remember the Cecil the Lion story, look it up. It was a dentist from like Wisconsin or something. Went out to Africa, killed this really old lion and, and everyone got upset and, you know, virtually lynched him. And, and yeah, like it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's now the lion killer. <laughs> and well, there's the sad. woman in the giraffe. Was it a giraffe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like I the backstory right. for it, that it, was not, gosh, what was it? It wasn't, again, it was like a headline sensationalized and then there's a whole backstory yeah. that actually... And so going into like, you know, let's talk about prey real quick. Like, like predators could be seen differently by some people. Prey like, oh, like this giraffe, this long-necked giraffe, they're so cute. And, you know, elephants. Um, again, going back to elephants, uh, they destroy things. They're they're massive creatures. And, and they're not, guess, guess what, right? Like I, I said, like apex predators, they don't have worries. Uh, neither do elephants because of how big they are. Well, they're young. Like do- this, they're young do. They're, right. They're the younger. Young so there is a level of like, let's, I mean, when we think about elk, like let's continue, let's keep the herd alive. So making sure the mm-hmm. young are growing into age and they're reproducing, right. but there is also, and I don't know if it's with all um, prey, but they're, they biologically respond to being hunted. So when they're being hunted, they're going to reproduce more. If something kicks in, um, gosh, what was it? I think it's, maybe it's coyotes. Ah, I'm like getting this wrong. It might've been coyotes when they're hunted, their next litter is like twice the size Really? Yeah. So they like. Interesting. I might be get. I might that might be totally wrong, but they're <laughs> they're some animal. But I, I <laughs> let's just all grow up one together. <laughs> but that I mean that's gonna happen. Like yeah. biologically, like they are they actually reproduce more when they're being hunted, yeah. um, because of survival components kick yeah. in. Yeah, I believe it. So, and and with. But with elephants, like, yeah, you're, you know, the, the young, but they're also a, a, a herd 
uh, they never not heard mm-hmm. and they're always and they're a matriarch so the, the the females run it and so yeah the 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 young are in danger but there's always uh bigger elephants around to protect them mm-hmm. right and, and i'm not saying that they don't get hunted but when you look at at a lot of like videos and when you go on safari and you see animals being killed it's these young it's the springbok it's the impalas it's the you know it's these small creatures so lions are lazy that's the one thing i found out in uh uh when i was on safari in africa is lions are lazy when uh, we actually had a lion walk right around our vehicle literally like almost graze the vehicle and uh and i after the, no one breathed you the only thing you heard was my camera clicking and uh after i was like so what what was going through the lion's mind i asked the the guide this and I was like, was, was he thinking dinner? What, what was he thinking? And, and he's like, oh yeah, 100% he was thinking dinner. But the fact that the car was in the way, he wants nothing to do with us because mm-hmm. we're work. And uh, the female lions actually do most of the hunting mm-hmm. and lions sleep like 20 hours a day. Uh, so what happens is the female lions go in and they, they do the kill, they hunt, they do the kill and they don't eat. They let the male lion come in and have first dibs at it. So it's really like screwed up, right? The, the female does all the work. Uh, and then the male lion comes in, gets his snack and, uh, and then everyone gets what's left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sleep and then they procreate and they sleep and, uh, and that's it. And that's, that's all they do. And I have a picture of a lion and it looks like he's almost roaring, but he's just yawning and he's just laying there. Uh, and then I have a picture of two lions like playing and it was two female lions and they're, the, they're, pre- they're preparing for fight. They're like going, you see them going for each other's neck yeah. and like swatting at each other and they're just practicing uh, battle. Right? And, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's what it is. And, and the male lion just yawning in the background. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, so, so yeah, there's all sorts of, of evolution when it comes to right like who's attacked who isn't how they're attacked why they're attacked um and uh, while we're talking about that i want to talk about briefly just about in the, the term endangered and endangered species and when we start talking about endangered we have to be very careful when we talk about endangered species because uh, in colorado or not in colorado in the example with wisconsin and the wolves and uh, it says they were just removed from the endangered species protection Right, so it's the Canadian gray wolf. And uh, Wisconsin, uh, I'm not even going to look at a map. I'm pretty sure, does Wisconsin border Canada? Yes, it does. I'm pretty sure it does uh, at the northern part, right? <laughs> I'm not Come on. We both got to look like fools <laughs> if like, we're oh going to look like fools. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to pull I it I think up it does. Quick. I think yes. it does. I'm pretty sure it borders Canada. Yes. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. I was like, I think uh, no, so. it doesn't. No, no. it doesn't. <laughs> it goes into the UP. It goes into the upper yeah. peninsula of Michigan. <laughs> oh, and then there's a, one of the Great Lakes. Well, it borders it because the, on the other side of those lakes, right? No? <laughs> it's Yeah. I don't think it works like that. But then there's Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. And then it goes up to, yeah. and then it goes right to Canada, right? So it's not a, a, a very large chunk, but... <laughs> uh, here's a geography lesson. Well, I was like us. thinking of the like shape of Wisconsin. I was like... No, I'm like, there's something flat up there. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, so, so yeah, so it's, it's close to Canada. Uh, and, and wolves, animals, not wolves, animals don't know boundaries. 
these imaginary boundaries that we've made up as humans, dividing states and stuff like well, that. Like, European colonizers, yeah, because right, humans before right. the white European colonizers didn't, they migrated, right? They yeah, seasonally right. moved from place right. to place based on food, based on the, they were part of the ecosystem, not above the ecosystem, right. but anyway, right. so yes. just cause you said so, humans and I wanted to clarify yeah. that, like yeah. it's, no, a, you're right. it's you're right. not all humans. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, these animals, they don't know borders. They don't know the Canadian border. They don't know the Wisconsin, Minnesota border. Um, so when, when, when this article says they were removed off the endangered species act uh, list, what it's referencing is they were removed. The, 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 let's be clear. The Canadian gray wolf is not endangered. 100% not endangered. Okay. The Canadian gray wolf in Wisconsin was removed from the uh, mm. endangered species list. So what that means is the, the population, they finally got it under control in Wisconsin specifically. Mm-hmm or what they know, right? They're scientists, they're research. So now it's no longer endangered in Wisconsin, and that's why they opened up hunting. The Canadian gray wolf is thriving. In in Canada, you hunt the Canadian gray wolf over bait, mm-hmm. okay? Now, right, let's talk about ethics. Ethics is a very blurred line, and some people, right, like, how can you say that? How can you say ethics is a very blurred line? Because it is. Um and, and in Canada, a very liberal country um, who gun laws are very strict, um, right, has very conservative uh, ideology on hunting, which is, right, like you can hunt wolves and bear, uh, black bear over bait. And what that means is you get to put out snacks for this animal mm-hmm. to come to. And as they're eating it, you get to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, in Colorado... Uh, I gotta, I don't want to misspeak. I, so in Colorado, outside of, I think some of the predators like Fox and stuff like that, I could be wrong, but like, there's no bait hunting. You can't bait hunt bears. Um, in Colorado, uh, I don't think Wyoming either. You can bear bait. Uh, mm-hmm. You can bear bait yeah. in spring, I, spring uh, only probably. I think mm, spring only. Uh, I don't know. It might be summer. I'm not sure. So again, it's, it's the point I'm trying to make is science goes into it. Um, in, in Canada, you can bear bait in spring. You cannot bear bait in fall Hmm. because in fall, guess what? They have offspring and they need to go. Yeah, probably um, that would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, so there's, there's times when you're allowed to hunt specific methods. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like some people, uh, you know, have issues with baiting and, um, my, my opinion on it, I'm, I, I don't necessarily have one. Like, mm-hmm. I think if I had the opportunity to hunt in Canada, uh, for bear and, and wolves, I'd probably do it over bait. Um, I, my friend, my, my good friend, my hunting partner, uh, he's told me he has no interest in, in hunting over bait. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's preference and, mm-hmm. and ethics. I don't know, Brie, what are your thoughts on, on ethics of that? I mean, I think there's... Again, the the people, the biologists, the people who are, their jobs are to understand how this mm-hmm. all works together. And we're all yeah. human. We're not always going to get it right. And yeah, there is corruption in every industry. So who knows if there's some people paying off, you know, maybe ranchers are paying off to get some more 
wolves hunted, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, who, who knows. Right. Um, so like in my, because this year I'm going in for tags, I, I am doing it because of like what I believe in, in terms of like trying to live like this more as naturalist or as, um, sustainable as possible, like Mm -hmm. really living off the land. So the way, like, I know that I can't just jump off the couch and bow hunt. Eventually that's where I'd like to go. But, um, because I feel like it's even more back to like the roots, right. Mm-hmm. Um, of what it was like before yeah. we advanced with, uh, weapons, but, um, and you absolutely can off the couch. It's, I think it, it'd be good to get a, I think it'd be good to get a <laughs> rifle. Well, and just also for, again, out of respect for the animal, like if you, if like you said in one of the episodes, like there's a bad shot and there's a really bad, like a, a bad mm-hmm. shot would be missing the animal. A, a mm-hmm. really bad shot is when you hit it, but it, it it's in a way that's going to be, um, I don't know. You should say it. Cause yeah, I'm, yeah, no, 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 you're, you're, you're right. Like there's, there's the bad shot where you miss, yeah. right. But then there's the really bad shot where like, and I, I told the story of the antelope where I had the really bad shot yeah. and, and I, and I clipped a leg mm-hmm. and God, that's awful. And cause now like that's not deadly, but, but there, there's also, right. You also have to understand the circle of life, right? Like corny circle of life that even if that animal, right. Didn't I didn't wasn't able to chase it. I wasn't able to to finish the job. Um, it wasn't going to go to waste. Mm-hmm. There's coyotes out there, right? Like yeah, it's going it's going to go back to the land, right? In Wyoming, there's grizzlies, there's bears, there's there's wolves, right? So a really bad shot is just really bad for the hunter, right? And as as me as a hunter, right? I I don't want that, right? Like I don't want to make really bad shots. Like I want to be um, as merciful as possible mm-hmm. in, in taking out an animal and yeah, like it, you just, you, you want to make sure that you're, you're doing, you're trained and you're doing the job. And I think that's what you're talking about in jumping off the couch and bow hunting. Yeah. Right. I could like do more damage. I, I could do a lot more damage trying to bow hunt my first season versus rifle hunt. Yeah. My first season. 100%. You know, and, and again, my, it's really for me, this connection to that cycle, right? It's the connection (laughs) to where my food comes from nature. Like you are so, when you're hunting, you have such a, such an intimate relationship with your food and the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, even just like up here when I go do random trails and it's like, I'm following a game trail. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, you just, there's just a different kind of intimacy. Um, and so that's where like, w- how do I feel about baiting? Like if it's allowed, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, I'm trusting that these experts are allowing it for a reason. Would it be my way? Probably not because what, but back in the day, they, I'm sure they baited animals, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, again, it's complicated and, um, and just, you can't ever just take it at face value. I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. thing as like just reading a headline. So it's like, do, yep. 
the work, do the research and, um, and to each his own too. And, and I think like the really bad shot thing, right? Like you don't want to take like five really bad shots where you're like, now all of a sudden there's five antelope that like, that's not responsible, you know? Um, and I don't, I don't, that's not people's intention, but it's like, do the work, understand the process. Um, and it's actually, it's so interesting. Like I'm going to kind of diverge a little bit, but I learned about this in, uh, with lobster hunting or lobster Mm -hmm. fishing. I don't know, actually Uh, lobster hunting, fishing. Cause it's in cages. I, I forget what it's called. No, not like that. Not cages, but just, um, so in California, in the Pacific, mm-hmm. when you're lobster hunting or you're diving for lobster, um, you have to bare hand get them. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, crazy. yeah. And then in, so I, when I was in St. Thomas two summers ago, you were allowed to use snares. Mm. And we were talking to, um, our captain about it and he was like, it's actually better snares are better, even though, yes, it might be easier to catch the lobster with a snare. You're doing less damage. And they said, what happens is with the bare hand, you'll pull off one of their antennas and Mm. then it rots. And that entire cave, because there's a smell of dead lobster, there's, dead lobster smell of dead lobster or that even Mm -hmm. that lobster might die because it's been injured from you trying to grab it and then not getting it um and Hmm. so that whole cave gets evacuated um from the like smell of dead lobster and so like this is again like okay we're making this easier but we're by using a snare but then we're are we doing more harm by like what we think is ethically right. So ethically, yeah, get it with your bare hands, but you're maybe causing more damage. Another thing with that is I got a, I got a big lobster. It was pregnant. You flip, they look at the belly. It's got eggs. We throw it back in. Back in. Yeah. So, you know, like there's, there is more to it than what the headline's yeah. going to tell you. And and that's yeah. really, I think what's important about this conversation today was like, it's n- just don't fall into that trap of face value, you know, face value is awful. Mm-hmm. Face value is usually not the true value of what you're seeing or reading. Or, and that goes for most things. Everyone has an agenda. Yeah. And like, I, yeah. <laughs> I think there's, there is with a lot of talk of like gun control, like I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more demonization of hunters in the mm. media in the next, uh, coming you up. You mentioned that mm-hmm. you mentioned that when we were texting about this, about yeah. what Tim Ferriss uh, po- uh, posted, can you just elaborate a little? Well, I think it's important that, um, we don't talk politics here. So, mm-hmm. um, but there, obviously the, um, the office, the current, uh, why can't you, I don't Administration. Even, administration. I'm like, what's that yeah. word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, has different ideas around gun laws. Um, yep. and, uh, and I think that's a whole episode in itself. Uh, yeah. gun laws or which, which maybe not even just laws, politics. just like gun safety, like just understanding yeah. that whole, uh, 
concept or idea. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot. I mean, media is, New York Times is, it's legitimately a left, a liberal publication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm going to put it out there. Like, there, a, I would say a significant amount of mainstream media is going to be left mm-hmm. and liberal. And yeah. what, and who is paying money? And so you have to look, look at who is also paying money to the politicians. Um, so the people who are paying money to the politicians and getting money, getting money back, kickbacks, um, they're going to want to push the agenda of the current administration. And so media, it's just would not be surprising, especially now that there's freaking censorship, um, happening Mm -hmm. that they're going to push a narrative that supports their gun agenda which means mm-hmm. who, who, what are some of the population, like what are the, some of the big reasons gun laws maybe get hung up? Hunting is going to be one of them. So let's mm-hmm. make hunters look like the devil. Absolutely. Let's look get like everyone against like, yeah. them. Yep. I mean, there's still a very significantly small percentage um, of the population hunters really mm-hmm. are how crazy is that how insignificant they are like the percentage of hunters out of the population yet they contribute to 60 percent of conservation yeah like think about those numbers Mm -hmm. it's huge but and and i want to i want to make sure that no one tries to go after you because um right like we're not going to discuss your politics but you're not talking right-leaning politics you're talking you're talking something that is is built and inherent into our nation. And uh, last year is a perfect example of this, uh, that 48% of, of new guns sold last year was first-time gun owners. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that is people who during uncertain times and, and with whatever was going on um, felt the need for protection in that moment. Um, and I do think, right, like gun control is something we could absolutely talk about in an episode. And um, I'm blatantly out there like it's fucking ridiculous the amount of laws and gun control that, that we already have. Um, and it does nothing for what the the agenda actually is. So you're not supporting any specific mm-hmm. sides, Bree. Um, and I, I want to acknowledge that, that, that I recognize that, that like you're pointing out New York Times is left-leaning in the sense that the left leaning and not even leaning, they're out there in the left and they're going to make hunters look bad. They're going to make, you know, any example of, of a, of a shooting or um, any misuse of a gun and they're going to paint it in a bad light. Um, And uh, there's plenty of examples out there of people who are on the left in the center on the right that, that believe gun control is nonsense and, um, it, it, this is not a political, mm-hmm. this shouldn't be politicized again. It's something that, um, right. It's in our constitution. It's, it's easy. The, the verbiage is very simple. It's number two for her reason. Um, right. Number one, if, if number one doesn't work, we have number two and, uh, and, and people felt number one being violated last year, mm-hmm. uh, in many cases. And so they went to number two and, um, and, and the news. So if you, if you want to know more about this topic uh, and more eloquently put, listen to the, the Jocko podcast, Jocko Willink podcast uh, with Tulsi Gabbard. It was just released mm-hmm. this week. 
Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, it's amazing. It's five hours. Don't get scared of the time. Oh Chunk gosh. it out if you need to. Uh, yeah, it's five hours. Whole like I saw that. I was like, what are they talking about? Um, but they talk about uh, the media. They talk right. So if you think that like anything that we're talking about here is like conspiracy or like oh the media is out to get us, they are. Like the media is controlled. The the money right. Trace the money. Trace where the money comes from. And, and Tulsi and Jocko uh, have a very in-depth five-hour conversation, and they talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tulsi Gabbard was a, a presidential candidate running on the, the Democratic side, um, and she has, she has examples, um, real-life examples of it, uh, of it happening and how the media is, uh, you know, is controlled. And, and if you look at where the money is coming from and, and how that's being pitched, um, so not, we're not going to dive into that here, but just l- listen to the episode. It's, it's very historical as well. The media and yeah. politics is not anything new. It's just that we have so mm-hmm. much more access to media. Like one of my, my chief Joseph, the chief Joseph book I read, it's wild to hear about the flight of the Nez Perce and, and they, they actually talked about how, um, they were reporting into like the news sources were sending out things to paint a different picture, Mm -hmm. but it was painting a picture to support what the politicians were Mm. trying to implement. Mm. Okay. So like, it's not, it's not left or right. It's not new. It's, it's existed for right since it existed. Right. 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 Everything's, everything is rhetoric. Aristotle talks about this, right? Everything is rhetoric Mm -hmm. and everything is persuasion to persuade in some way or another. Everyone has an agenda and, and everyone wants to persuade. And, and again, it goes back to the ethos, pathos and logos portion, right? That is persuasion. That is how rhetoric is designed. Um, and it is always going to push one way and that's why it's important to not just take something for face value and not just listen to one source and if you read one source on the new york times great that there's there's probably truth in that but go to the other side and read what they're writing about it and and go to and then look for other sources and and then go to the science right right yes yeah go to the science go to the go to the actual facts and and this is if you care enough about it instead of just reading tim ferris's headline post Mm -hmm. of how terrible people are and they killed 200 wolves in three days oh my god it's so awful yeah just be curious that's all it question everything and not because you don't have to doubt just just take control of your con of what you're consuming like be curious Mm -hmm. question because when we give that up we give up our rights Mm -hmm. i mean yeah it's and 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 i and i i said this to a student the other day i forget what was the the uh the, the topic but we were talking about like safety and feeling safe in this pandemic and lockdowns and all that and, and I said this to him, I said, in prison, you get all the security you want. So it's your choice. Mm-hmm. I don't want security. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I, I got all the security I need. And, in, 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 you know, and this goes back to our, our podcast two episodes ago about providing and protecting our family. Like, I'm good. I'd rather be free mm-hmm. than, than be secure. So with that, yeah. what do you think? Any more thoughts? 
mean, there's always thoughts, but <laughs> I always think of well, once we're getting to that two hour past our two hour, it might yeah. be, it might so need to I, be a part one of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think we've been limiting to like two hours, but just so you know, I, I think we've talked about that and those listening, like we've gotten feedback that we're already wanting people to post for us to put episodes out weekly. Mm. Uh, it's not that Bree and I haven't talked about that. Um, we have, but that's a bigger commitment for us. It's not that we don't have the, the, the conversation ability. We absolutely do clearly. Um, but it becomes a bigger commitment and, and we want to be able to put consistency out for you, mm-hmm. for the listeners. So Bree and I've talked about this and maybe weekly will come about. Um, but I also hear people but, who listen to our, because it's two hours, they do take two weeks to, to listen to True. like I, yeah. I have a handful of people who are like I listened to like half of it this week next week I'm mm-hmm. gonna listen to the other half I'm like okay yeah cool that's cool <laughs> that's and that's that's the point like maybe you have time maybe you're on the road and you're you're mm-hmm. listening to it and you have two hours like the five hour podcast with Tulsi and Jocko that I listened to yeah uh, I, I started listening to it yesterday morning I just finished it this afternoon nice before before jumping you on. just so it, yeah and and that was me powering through it yeah right like if you're going to listen to a five hour podcast, it's probably going to take you at least a week yeah. right, in most cases. But it was so, for me, it was so intriguing. Like anything, anything else that I was consuming, like my morning, I was listening to it and mm-hmm. I like wanted to hear more and uh, it was really a good episode. Oh, cool. But, but yeah, the, the point is, is that like, uh, you know, we're, we're getting feedback and we're taking all feedback seriously. We've edited our intro to make it more smooth. Um, we, we love hearing from, all of our listeners and questions, emails, like we read them, we respond. Um, I know there's a few emails out there. I haven't responded to on some stuff. Uh, and I, I responded. I, I acknowledge that I got the email and I, I'll, I'll respond just, you know, there's, there's other things that I'm putting time and energy into. Um, and those people know that I love them and that, uh, their opinion matters to me and they're, it's a different opinion than mine. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And that's, I love that. I love that we all have different opinions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, cool. let's, let's have different opinions. Have, let's have discourse. Uh, but let's, let's do the research and yeah. let's not just read. Be respectful. I mean, that's all it and, is. It's like have yeah. conversations, disagree, but be respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and no sound bites. <laughs> Listen to a five hour podcast Yeah, because you, you get, you get rid of sound bites, mm-hmm. right? When people are able to, to articulate their true intentions and, and that's why I think we also agreed on this long form podcast for us is right. Like uh, quit with the sound bites, mm-hmm. right? Sound bites give you nothing. And let's, let's get into the de- depth of it. Cool. Journal. So with that said, journal prompt, um, grab your journals, your diaries, whatever it is that, uh, you're writing in these days and, uh, and pull it up and just start writing, right? Write your thoughts about, uh, Tony Robbins, unleash the power within. If you've done it in the past, reach out to me. I want to hear your experience, your thoughts, um, everything that we've talked about from conservation, to uh you know one thing we didn't talk about is like people who go to the grocery store and and still eat meat and you grab your your chicken right chicken doesn't come from the grocery store neither does beef right like there's someone out there doing the job for you uh if you're interested in getting into hunting uh write that stuff down start doing research reach out to us um write your thoughts your feelings write it all reach out to us write an email to us uh from your journal thoughts and yeah that's that's all I have to say. Awesome. Well, till next time. It's been great time. talking with you, Bree. Yeah, yeah always. Thanks, everyone. 
If you want to follow us and our adventures, you can find both of us on Instagram. I'm at Bree Allison. That's B-R-E-A-L-L-I-S-O-N. And I am at the life of Alan Titone, underscores between each word. To check out our offerings, yoga, one-on-one trainings, workshops, retreats, and a recorded library, you can find the info on our website, thehunterandthehippie.com. If you have questions for the podcast, about the podcast, feedback, suggestions, or just want to say hi, or find ways to work with us, our email is thehunterandthehippiepodcast at gmail.com. And don't worry, all of this will be in our show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you weren't tuned out. To the Hunter and the Hippie Podcast.